What a set, too. Got some kiss playing on the radio. Oh, this guy was uh, so frustrated. Dishwasher. Hey, you! I told you before. I'm paying you to wash dishes, not to listen to that. That rock and roll. It's a Hindi theater actor. a whole restaurant full of people out there. You're moving in two speeds. Slow and stop. They either get your button gear or you're out of here. Get it? Move! The manager will care to talk to a dishwasher. Just kicks open the door and there it is, a poison concert right there. People with ridiculous hair. Permed up to ridiculousity. Pyro is in full effect. Yeah. So this is somebody who's working backstage at a poison concert, essentially, is what we're seeing, because he's handling the dishes. <laughs> Look at how, like, this is so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Glam? No, this is so, uh, such a, a ridiculous copy off of, um... Guns N' Roses? No? Not even. Uh, uh, Motley Crue? Queen? I mean, Van Halen. Van Halen. Van Halen. It's, oh, it's, Van so, Halen. it's yeah. so, like, let's do what Van Halen's doing, but just 80s it up. Uh, Van Halen never. I mean, they were. I don't think they ever got quite as glammy as. No, but this Motley was, this was like Poison, you know, super glammy version of Van yeah, Halen. But that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. Look at that guy. He looks like a girl. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, well, so when they did um, their album, right? They were all done up in makeup, and they all looked wi- like women. Yeah. It was that, you know, androgyny was, was was selling big in 88. I mean, it still sells big, like, boy bands are, they look kind of androgynous. No, except for, like, the, like, the, the, there's always a guy with a beard, but then there's always the... No, but, you know, open another tab and, and pull up, like, the Poison album cover, and you'll see, like, how... What was the album name? Ah. Open up and say, yeah? I, I don't know. Um, just do Poison Album. I'm sh- they only have like two. The one with the four faces. Uh, that's not the one I had in mind. Kind of like in a... Oh, this one? Yeah, that one. Yeah, they all have like lipstick on. They have rouge and lipstick. And they have like... Their, their eyes are, are done they, that sort of... They don't look as feminine as I remember. Look what the cat dragged in. That's it. They don't look as feminine as I remember. I remember this being like, oh my god, they look like women. Yeah. Um, Or they kind of look like guys in drags. That's (laughs) That's like airbrushed like the hell in the Yeah, but but, but that's Her eyes crooked. That's totally made up like a woman. You can't even like see... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at the... Yeah, the rouges. I mean, that's that's very much like I would expect... uh, Yeah, like a a poor makeup job on, on, on somebody... Like but you know when you were 12 years old and trying to find your identity? You got Poison, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses? Sure. I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not dissing the music or the band. I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. this is clearly Van Halen derivative. Oh, sure. Sure. 
I don't disagree with that. I think Grand- Van Halen was probably the uh, trendsetter. Yeah. What's that one? Oh. Which one are you looking at? The one beside Guns N' Roses. What's that? Pretty pretty Pussy? What the hell's that? Pretty Poison. Oh, Pretty Poison. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they have... Vi- So the manager is like just giving up on the dishwasher. He's like just there in the afterglow of the poison concert, <laughs> and that was it. That was it. That was the that was the whole story. We was meeting the goddess. <laughs> they kicked the door open. <laughs> meeting with the goddess is, is is the the point of the story where you think you've got everything you want, but it turns out that you haven't. That's when he was listening to Kiss on the radio then? Uh, so, think about it this way. Um, I mean, this, this is hard to hard to elucidate right, right away. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, you, you start, so the story is, you start, you identify who the people are. Then you have some sort of uh, push, some sort of quest they need to go on, some sort of task they need to perform. Uh, they find out about this task and then they think they have done the task they want to do but it turns out that uh that they have miscalculated and what they thought was what they wanted doesn't it's it's bad for them uh so they have to learn from their mistake and then overcome the real obstacle and get the real chalice so that was when Brett Michaels was spinning the mic stand, I guess that's when he was... I don't know if you can really call this a story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Yeah, no, I I appreciate you working through it. Uh, But sometimes, yeah, things just don't come together. (laughs) Ain't nothing but a good time, baby. Ain't nothing but a G-thing, baby. Okay, so I so much to mash up those two songs. I wonder if you could mash them together. You probably could if if you had a lot of talent. You definitely could. Um, I watched <laughs> I watched a recent uh, uh, presentation from Neil Turok, who's the director of the Perimeter Institute for Physics, and he did a a, a pop side presentation about um, I think it was called uh, the astonishing simplicity of everything. Uh, and it was a fantastic lecture. I think that it was uh, one of the best pop style lectures I've ever I've ever seen. Okay. Um, I, I noticed at one point he like he kept going on on the stuff that was so fallible, and then all of a sudden he sort of casually brought in the concept of a spin without really explaining. It so was like okay, that's a that's a misstep, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otherwise, other than that, it's always fun to watch people do these uh, pop side lectures because it's interesting to see. Okay, what are they? How are they translating this information into stuff that as bites said? Because I, I think the real point uh, is like what, why I'm trying to do this thing where, where I'm explaining the science slowly. You're to trying you. to learn science communication. You're it, trying to be a communicator. You're yeah, trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Right, and know. it's like I think the the real point is that these are not ultimately these are not topics that are there difficult okay so here's one thing yeah the your recent science lectures you've been giving on the show i think you've been lacking on the why should i care yeah probably so it's hard for me like the first couple like i got it i was able to follow along but then you're starting to talk at me and i think if you could kind of 
work in the narrative of why I should care okay. or what it means right. to me might help. Uh, I mean, I, I'm pointing to why things have mass, but uh, I know, I know, the, I know. It's not necessarily yeah. easy to care about that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, that if, okay. you're, if you're talking about the whole communicator aspect, if you're right. trying to do your Feynman or Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, you need to get some heart in there somehow. All right. Well, think about this then. Uh, see if I can approach this from a different angle, maybe. What What is an electron? What, what do you see an electron as? Uh, charge. Okay. What is that? What do you mean by that? It's um, a particle that... Transmits charge is what I, how I describe it. Okay. Uh, it's a definitely a very good way to look at it. I think it's something that you've probably learned because people think of electrons as objects. Uh, they're not. They are, as you said, they are sort of aspects of charge and they are how charge is transmitted when they're outside of an atom. So, uh, so not to interrupt you for too long, but yeah. I mean, my background is, is pretty recent. I'm working on an electronics project, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of building a circuit. And the internet doesn't have the circuit that I want, mm-hmm. so I'm working on it myself. So, mm. you know, I've been kind of... The deep dive that you've been doing into physics, I, I, I wouldn't even call what I've been doing a deep dive, but I've been learning things about capacitors and yeah. diodes and stuff like that. So, you know, that's part of the reason why I said... You know, an electron is a particle that transfers charge. Right. Uh, inside of an atom, uh, there is no real thing that such thing as an electron. There's simply uh, stages of energy levels of of an atom. Uh, that atom can be cannot have uh, can be in this ground state where uh, we would we would say traditionally is full of electrons, uh, but uh, but an atom can can be not at its ground state and sort of have this these energy levels that contain charge that are occupying. When it escapes an atom, when it's outside of the influence of that atom, then that's what we call an electron. That's how charge is transmitted outside of atoms is, is, is this thing called electron. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, along with that, uh, in order to make the math add up and because electromagnetism is, is tied up with this weak force, uh, neutrinos go along with that. So, so they're sort of the aspect of the weak force that goes along with the electron as it empties out. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, but the, the the point to consider is that electrons aren't real. They are, um, or, or, or consider it this way, electrons only exist in a vacuum. There's no such thing as an electron inside of an atom. There's such thing as charge inside of an atom and how the charge is allocated. But there's not really such thing as an electron. Electron is a is a state that only exists outside of atoms. Okay. Uh, there's... So uh, you can think of it as sort of condensed electromagnetic force. It's the electron, the neutrino is sort of condensed weak force, and the protons and neutrons. Remember, neutrons can't really exist outside of an atom either. They will, uh, they are energized protons, and if they're inside of an atom, if they're inside of that uh, that state, uh, that sort of nuclear state, they will be stable. But as soon as they are outside of that nuclear state, they will uh, decay within twelve minutes into, uh, or the half time, the half life is twelve minutes. They will decay into. Uh, a proton and then an electron and an anti-electron neutrino. Um, 
what to gather from this is sort of what we were talking about with photons before, where photons only exist in a vacuum. And as soon as they are interacting with something, remember when we talked about how they interact with glass or whatever, they become something different. They become a polariton or something else. So we can only really talk about photons as a vacuum phenomena. And we talk about some other combination of things as uh, as a different phenomena. Okay. Sure. Uh, what... What I I hope you get out of that is that the world is very different than you perceive, uh, even than you can rightfully catalog. Consider the consider yourself existing in a time when Copernicus had just shown that the earth is not the center of the universe that it just that, that it's actually just a, a planet moving around the sun and consider the uh the thought upheaval and the the amount of time it took for that to become common knowledge sure, uh, we're sure. in that period of time right now where we're understanding things on a very different level than we used to and it hasn't percolated to the wider uh, ideas of how we think about the world but it will as long as we continue I expect that this sort of thought will because there's that's where the evidence lies yes I'm listening I'm, I'm trying to prepare for something I want to talk about okay. next uh, I'm not ignoring you I'm absorbing as much as I can I okay. so let me go back to what I was to two what we had talked about, and sure. uh, but let me continue on my my journey, uh, which is nearing uh, nearing an end to uh, to the mass question. Actually, okay, uh, we talked about electrons flipping back and forth between its states. How it has a it, it has a charge of a sort when it goes into one state versus another. Uh, we talked about how a photon, when it moves through something, it turns into something else. Okay. Uh, and then we talked about how there is a state in quantum mechanics in a, that we see in superconductors where there's a, a kind of um, infinite area of a particular property that can be pulled from. When you combine all of this, remember that I talked about how the electron is moving through it and, and has this charge. Where does that charge go? Because that's, right. a, that's a real problem. Uh like I said, in quantum mechanics, you can have something switch just out of the blue. It can happen, but it's really rare. For it to happen trillions of times per second is something that has to have some effect. Has, there has to be a reason for it. Uh, and the principle that Higgs and other people came up with was that there is a field in nature that is very much acting like a superconductor would act there is a condensation of this type of charge in the world that we see this is what the higgs field is it's this it's a superconducting charge mm -hmm. condensate that exists everywhere and as the electron flips between its two states mm -hmm. uh it hits this field whack 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 you know back and forth it goes, psh, mm -hmm. psh, psh, and that acts as an impedance uh it's an energy transfer uh and 
it has a characteristic energy level, uh, which we've now found at 125 GeV. Uh, and that is what, without that, the electron would simply be symmetrical and it would not be impeded as it moved. It has this impedance that it encounters where it is giving this charge away, pulling this charge back, giving this charge away, pulling this charge back into this just superconducting field that's out there. And as it moves along and hits that, it gets impeded every time. And that's what we consider mass. It's a property. It's just sort of a aspect. And think back to the like the very first idea I gave you, which was that if you go faster mm-hmm. than the electron, <clears throat> Uh, then what it's spinning one way it looks like it, it looks like it's spinning another. So remember the aspect was that the left-handed electrons have this charge and the right-handed doesn't. But you can make a left-handed electron into a right-handed electron just by going faster than it. Okay, right. I remember that part. Yeah. Um, so how can the left hand? So the wonderful and counterintuitive nature is that the left-hand electron isn't really different from the right-hand electron, but it's a matter of perspective mm-hmm. how these things move, and so that's why we get a lot of these uh, very interesting aspects that we see. For example, we see relative mass, so we see mass based on how fast something's moving or uh, or these other things that are not... So the, this <laughs> idea of... Electron being in a left or right-handed spin is not is only based on perspective, not based on uh, anything else than perspective. But when it is in a left-handed state, it interacts with this field. So there is something that is not perspective, but is perspective. That's the wonderful, confusing bit of, of quantum mechanics. I'll let you think on that. No, I think the perspective thing. You know, it's it's. It's unintuitive, for sure, right? Because yeah. you would think a particle has its identity. But, I mean, everything about quantum mechanics that you've learned from Schrodinger's cat to everything else, you start to learn that perspective matters. It changes how yeah. things behave. So I'm, I'm with you on that part. So you want to you geek out on this shit that I've been learning? Sure. All right. So I've been learning about transistors okay, so and MOSFETs and things like that. Right. So there is two kinds of, of things. Uh, the bipolar junction transistors, the old school transistor, the thing that looks a little half circle with the three prongs on yes. it, you know, that everyone's seen. They're actually not used as much as MOSFETs are these days. They're kind of older technology compared to a MOSFET. And a MOSFET stands for uh, field effect transistor. I forget what the MOS mm. stands for. Um, but field of because there's BJF, BJFETs too. Um, so a transistor has two kinds of material in them. They have yep. N material and P material. Basically, in, at an infinity to negatively charged or positively charged material. And so on a, a, a bipolar junction transistor, a basic transistor, you have three parts. You have a collector and an emitter, and that's where the current flows through. So, And then you have the base. You apply a current to the base, and it opens up the P channel, so of a larger current can flow from the emitter to the... Right, it's the essentially it's a valve. I mean, it that, that's essentially it's what a, a transistor... It's a solid-state valve, yes. Yeah, so it, yeah, it's, a, it's a valve that you don't... That has no mechanics to it. Right. It's, like you said, a solid state. So, so the one you, thing, have, you have a flow that can happen, and you have something that right. you apply current that allows a so, flow to happen. So say I have a light bulb 
here on the collector, right? You got a light bulb right here, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to have a microcontroller turn the light bulb on and off, right? I can provide a lower current, you know, 100 milliamps to the base, and it will allow a ratio higher between the collector and the emitter. So I could, I don't know the, I don't know well enough to know exactly what the ratio is, but, you know, an amp or something like that, mm -hmm. right? So I can light the Christmas light bulb off the thing. Where, you know, if I was just kind of trying to power it from the microcontroller, I'd burn it out. So one of the neat things is the way these things work is, so down here, I have two N regions and a P region in between it, the positive region. And in the P region, there's holes, these negative holes. Right. So when you apply current or voltage to the base or the gate in a MOSFET, it basically pulls the electrons out of those holes and then allows current to use those holes to get across the mm -hmm. other side. That's kind of how it works. Mm -hmm. And this is probably elementary school uh, description of it. I'm not no, it, it, it's a, it's actually not. It's it's actually um, so so holes are are quasi particles in a sense. They are how we interpret charge in a in a solid lattice, in a, uh, and uh, so. Th they're effectively zones of they're effectively antiparticles inside of a solid lattice. Mm -hmm. uh, they they are, they are not antiparticles in the same sense that uh, that uh, true antiparticles are. They do not annihilate the lattice, but they are zones of uh, zones of emptiness. That's why they're called holes. Or zones of of an empty charge, uh, or or, um, or a positive charge where you would expect a negative charge right. to be. So the neat thing about a MOSFET. And this is a schematic for a MOSFET. It actually has four things, but often, I forget what this guy's called, but he's often tied to the drain. And so you have a collector, base, an emitter, and a transistor. You have a source, a gate, and a drain, but they kind of work the same way. And this is in an N-channel MOSFET. So here you have the NPN, but you have the silicon dioxide layer kind of layered across it. And when you run a voltage into the silicon dioxide, it opens up those holes. And if you, I actually found a really cool sketch. It looks kind of like this. So I drew a, a, a um, think of a, I drew a block. And think, then, think of a block that with a, with a channel sort of yeah. grooved into it, but, but it, it, go all the it way tapers through. down, right? Yeah. If I'm providing not enough voltage, it's not going to break the whole way through. Mm -hmm. If I provide a little bit more voltage, this channel will go the whole way through and make this thing start conducting. And they're voltage controlled instead of current controlled. So, like, if you're doing transistors and the ratio that's in a transistor, again, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, there's a ratio which you can't exceed. And if you need to exceed it, you need to kind of stack transistors. So this is called a Darlington transistor, where you can see I have current of 1x here, and I have a current of 2x here. So I have to, and then I have like Z current. So off my microcontroller, I can only provide Z current. It allows the emitter of this first electron to provide more current to the second transmitter so then even more current can flow through so now i can power my headlight light bulb off of this thing off a microcontroller because i'm stepping it up kind of but with a, a transformer is what we call that well this isn't a transformer there's not coils and you're not this is because of the ratio limitation right i i have to provide on this base um j okay but this microcontroller that I'm using can only provide K. How do I get from K to J? I can step it up by providing J current on this transistor 
which feeds J to the second transistor. Okay. Right? So it's kind of a step up, but I have to have multiple power supplies, right? I have J powered here. I have enough to power the headlight here, right? So it's kind of multiple cascading switches. Okay. So, right? right. But with a MOSFET, it's voltage controlled. And the if you order the right MOSFET, five volts will open this channel. So you can power your headlight <coughs> or whatever high current device you want. With just a microcontroller because, you know, 100 milliamps is plenty to open this channel. Yeah. This is quantum tunneling. Um, you have a standing wave of an electron, which reaches about to here. doesn't go all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you put more energy and the wave front becomes a little bit larger and suddenly mm-hmm. you can increase. So your tunneling chance with this energy level is extraordinarily low. Once you reach this level, it becomes much more powerful. If you increase the level more, it becomes even more mm-hmm. possible. So this is just an effect of quantum tunneling that you're seeing uh, in the in the solid state equipment. So that's what I've been learning is transistors and MOSFETs. Cool. I mean, you're going for you're coming here from a totally different side than I am, right? I'm coming from the, from the particle physics, high energy particle physics uh, realm. Mm-hmm. You're coming at it from the solid state. The applied. Uh, yeah, applied uh, uh, electro, electrodynamics realm. Uh, but they're, you're getting at the same thing that I am. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Uh, you're coming a different way. And you will get to a point like the, this is, I haven't seen this. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is, you know, to me step up of voltage, I think transformers. Well, it's um, because but, there's a ratio, right? Because yeah. My microcontroller can only do 100 milliamps, and it's current-based. So 100 milliamps is only going to open this guy up so Mm -hmm. much. So say it only But as long as that opens up this, then you have another power source. So, I mean, I'm I'm getting what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but you're going to get to a point with your understanding where I am with part of particle physics where you don't understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm not going to understand what you're talking about. You're going to get that point pretty quickly, I feel. So uh, keep going. Right. Keep going. Yeah, but, you know, trying to figure out, like, the holes in the P layer. Mm -hmm. And there's also PNP transistors. You can get it reversed, right? Yes. So the bias is different. The uh, schematic. So basically, instead of putting a a, um, positive current on the transistor, which pulls the holes empty, you would put a negative current, which I don't know how to describe it because I... NPN transistors are more prevalent, and N-channel MOSFETs are definitely more prevalent mm-hmm. than P-channel MOSFETs. And then MOSFETs also come, this comes in, this is called enhancement mode, where you have to apply voltage to open the channel. There's also um, a different mode where it's open by default, basically the opposite kind of switch. Yeah, it's right? just a different type of valve. And, uh, and But those are, again, much, much less prevalent than the N-channel yeah. enhancement mode MOSFETs. Fun stuff. I, I you know I've been tinkering with the idea of trying to rock transistors uh-huh. for twenty years. Yeah, Close it's, it's years. fun. What I mean, and, and I never really got it. I knew you could use them as amplifiers, switches, but I never got it. Now I feel like I'm almost getting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fun to reach that level where you've, like I said uh, in the pa- in the last episode, you you. You're almost scared by the implications. You you understand <laughs> something now, and you see that there's a whole lot more that you that that you didn't think was there. That's now there, and you have to understand that now. And it's like, oh wow, <laughs> yeah. This is a this is a pit that's a lot deeper than I than I ever thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that getting to that summit is um, 
it's an impressive feeling. You feel like, wow, I've reached a, I've reached a point of understanding I never have before. Right. Cool. Speaking sort of about physics, uh, we have a object that we sort of revere in the United States, and I'm not quite sure why. Uh, it's called the Liberty Bell. It's a, it's a bell that uh, we made a big bell. <laughs> and we tried to ring it once, and it broke. No, that's not the story, is it? I thought it was. It was... I thought it was an English bell that we decided, fuck you, we're not going to send it back to get repaired. Is that the, uh, I don't know, the, the story I heard was that it's a bell that we tried to ring once and it broke. And no, the story that I know, okay. and I haven't thought about this in years, yeah. but it was, you know, we're really reliant on England and we would send stuff back to England to get RMA'd all the time. RMA'd. <laughs> It's very modern. Yeah. <laughs> and and we decided not to get the Liberty Bell RMA. Mm-hmm. We're going to just use it as a symbol of why England sucks. Mm. That's kind of the story I know. Okay. Either way, it's still a dumb thing when you really think about it. When you're looking for icons to start yeah. a revolution, yeah. it's as good as any. It's a fucking broken bell. It's as good as any to start uh, a revolution. The, the way I, I, I link it back to physics is I've always... I've, I've talked about... Uh, uh, the universe is sort of like a symbol where there is a sudden crash and everything is still vibrating. But I think a bell is probably a better depiction where there is a, a, the universe is really something. The big bang was a ringing of this bell and the ringing is still is, is, is powering everything. The, the, the vibrations from that initial ring is, is, is what we call energy. So think about that. Okay. The universe is a giant bell that we rang once. Or at least we rang once that we can see. Right. I was listening to a Planet Money podcast, and they were talking about signatures on credit cards. And okay. Actually, let me pause a second. I gotta, okay. go to, I gotta use the. I have some credit card stuff to talk about. All right. So I was listening to this Planet Money podcast about uh, signatures, and they started off the thing like, you know. My w- favorite planet. Planet Money. Yes. <laughs> They're talking about. Um, you know, with this whole square stuff, you know, they flip around the iPad and you got to sign your name. And like the the clerks don't even know why they have to sign, the, you know, have people sign their names yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, like they were at this one store, you know, in Hipster Brooklyn or something. And they were like encouraging people just to like draw pictures in the box mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so they kind of went into it about, you know, what does they went into the whole history of signatures all the way back to the Talmud and, and marriage contracts and things like that. You know, and in the past, they actually employed rooms full of people at banks to compare check signatures with signatures on file and stuff. But they haven't done that in years. Um, Credit card companies, you know why they collect signatures? So they can show it to you when you dispute a charge. Mm -hmm. It's not about fraud protection other than you trying to perpetrate fraud yourself. Yeah. Which is like crazy to me because it's completely backwards. I always think that these signatures are a very poor form of fraud protection for me. And they're not. They're a way for a bank to say, see, you did go to the grocery store. Yeah, they're a way for a bank to dispute your Your claim claim. against them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what signatures are for. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's kind of infuriating. Especially when fraud is so rampant. Is fraud really that rampant? I mean, yes, but 
No. Right? I mean... Yes, but yes. No, yes, but no. If you compare the amount of fraud to the amount of actual transactions that are taking place, it's a ridiculously small number. I guess if you look at it that way, if you talk about the number of times that my credit card has been hacked and stolen and canceled, it's not a low number. Well, I... It's happened to me entirely from my entire career as a person <laughs> nearly 40 okay. years it's happening once it's happened four times in like the last 10 years all right well clearly you're using your card in some interesting ways target <laughs> okay right okay sure but that yeah. but did, did you really get hacked well i mean i didn't have any personal um okay that the impact yeah. It still counts. I'm talking, no, I'm talking about when you when you have personal impact, when it affects you, when when something has affected you, not when not when you you feel like something may affect you, when something has actually when something has interacted with you. Well, no, I mean the banks have always done the right thing for me. So those four times, I've never been liable for anything. But you, I always. But has, felt... has, it, has there ever actually been fake charges on your account? Yes, four times. Oh, really? Okay, so yes. okay, all right. But I've never been liable for them. Right. But I always felt that the signature was trying to prevent the fraudulent charges from happening. I didn't think it was very good. I thought it was bullshit anyway. But when I hear that the the primary reason they exist is to give the credit card company teeth back against me. I, I would say that's an interesting framing of the argument. But no, no, no. The credit card representative that they interviewed admitted this that is primarily what the signature is for well it's i primarily yeah i mean primarily it's it's protection for them but as a secondary usage it's to it's never checked against it's only i mean it's only checked what the gross usage of it is to say oh you claim you didn't go to the grocery store here's the signature does it match your signature well because they don't well they don't want to have people i mean because there are so many customers that they have, mm-hmm. so many people that use their services. They have to have some method of that. In in fact, fraud is so low that they that fraud about fraud is more common. That's that's I think the method you that's the lesson you should take. That people trying to scam them as opposed to people trying to scam you is more common, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that costs them more money. Uh, so that's what they're trying to compare against. I mean, if they if they look at the signatures and the signature are way off, they know okay, this is clearly not clearly something that we have to cover as part of our but deal. They don't look at it. They do, well, they do look at it well, clearly. When they dispute it, they look at it. Well, so they do look at it. Yeah, sure. They do look at it and they say, "Yep, this is not or this this story doesn't add up." The point there, the, the point you should look at is that yeah, credit card fraud is so low that fraud about people trying to complain about fraud is costing them much more money, and that's what they have to prevent. Yeah, uh, I suppose. I suppose your part. I suppose you're right. I was kind of bundling in identity theft as well, and how that's not easy to recover from. If someone opened a credit card in your name mm-hmm. and charged up ten thousand dollars, that's hard. That's that's a hard. That's deal. fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. 
But they don't even call you to, or the you know, they don't do the due diligence to make sure they're really talking to you. Because you you don't want them to when when you're signing up for your card naturally. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I was kind of complaining about how hard it was to get app, my my debit card put in Apple Pay. I mean, yeah, it, it it takes a lot of steps, but it was excessive steps. I mean, I gave them my social, my bank account, and that wasn't enough. I had to give them the deposit information. You yep, know, was, I had to give, yeah, I had to tell them these were the last two deposits. Like, they asked me what the, the, the very last two deposits were in, in, in dollars and cents. Yeah. yeah. Which is just craziness, especially when they don't, if they informed you what you would need to provide ahead of time, you'd be ready for it. But, you know, it's on the phone. It's like. That's true. They probably should inform you more. Which it's like. But the fact that they do means that they can kind of cut off people who don't have that information say look yeah. call back when you do yeah um and uh, so that makes it just just hard enough do you know about it's not worth freezing your credit no okay so listeners need to know about this too it's 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 pretty it's this credit monitoring bullshit that everyone offers is no good mm-hmm. what you need to do if you're worried about your credit and I'm telling you, like, I had done it, but I haven't done it yet, but I will. I plan on doing it soon. Is you can, at the three credit rating agencies, you can actually free your, freeze your credit. Uh, typically, you have to pay for this. It's like 10 bucks an agency. If you've suffered identity theft. It basically like, means you, you have to talk to them in order to open up a new credit line of some sort. Yes. Yeah. You, no one can apply for credit in your name until. So when you freeze it, they give you a PIN. Right. So we have Experian, Transamerica, and Assholeville. Um, <laughs> Assholeville. <clears throat> but anyway, Meritan, I think that doesn't sound right. Yeah. But anyway, when you freeze your credit, no one can apply for credit. And when you freeze your credit, they give you a pin. So you have to call them, give yeah. them the pin to unlock your credit. So like when you want to get a new car or something, yeah. you could talk with your dealership, see which credit rating agency they typically use. And unfreeze that one. It actually costs you money to freeze and unfreeze, but I mean, twenty bucks versus it's, it's worth it versus getting yeah you know, your identity versus all the hoops you'd have to travel through. Yeah, when should happen. So and, and if you and it depends on your state, and, and I haven't looked about Pennsylvania, but if you've suffered identity theft, and I don't know how to prove that because I've suffered identity theft from the OPM breach. My shit's in there. Mm-hmm. But I was a contractor, so I didn't even get the the OPM two years free credit monitoring, which is completely useless anyway. But I don't know if I can prove to TransUnion that I deserve free locking. I don't know. Um, But look online about freezing your credit, and that's the way to protect yourself. Keep it, you know, if you're at the time of your life where you're applying for credit all the time, it's 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 unfortunate. If you're, you know, I'm at the point in my life where I only need to apply for credit once every five or six years mm-hmm. for a new car, you know, it's much more reasonable. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, interesting thing about credit cards is uh, you may be noticing in a lot of places they have new material because there's a, a new there's a new credit law in, in place. Uh, after October 1st now, uh, credit companies are less liable than uh, than businesses are. For oh, fraud. right, right. Uh, because credit cards now have these chips in them. Uh, but they don't have pins. They're still doing chip and signature. They're still doing chip and signature, but the idea is that you have to have the physical card. Um, so you, oh, so you can't clone it? Yeah. 
Yeah, because it, it's a different. Can, can you not clone it? It's a different number every time. Uh, really? It, yeah, yeah. It, it's. I just think the chips are that smart. Yeah. So I mean, the idea of the old style credit cards with the mag strip, you can clone that, right? You can make your own card. You can go into Seven Eleven, buy some cigarettes, buy some beer, and you know, use a cloned card. Um, chip and pins use this little inductive chip that's on the card. You've probably already have received a credit card which has a chip. Yeah. Um, in Europe, you have to have a set of pin also. So when you do a charge, you have to swipe your card or scan your card and then enter a pin. And then it's validated right there. Uh, American businesses are hesitant to do this because it slows down the checkout process. A right now, bit. a little bit. I have not found a place that has one of those things that works. They all I've tried them and they all say it doesn't work yet. Doesn't work yet. I'm like, we have it's, all this it's technology. It's October 10th. It was we, supposed to work 10 days ago. Yeah, we have all this technology and nothing works. How typical. But it, it, it's funny because we a lot of these businesses are replacing their, their POS systems with these new ones mm-hmm. that have, you could stick your card in that thing in, below that uses the chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't work. They're just, they're not prepared for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's frustrating. Uh, it I have fr- this chip. Why? It's frustrating. Why does nothing work? I, I, I want the day where I don't have to carry my wallet anymore and only have to carry my phone. I want my driver's license yeah. on my phone. Mm-hmm. I want Apple Pay to pay for everything. I don't want to call it a phone anymore. <laughs> no. I'm calling it that because of the, you still hold it up to your head to have voice calls most of the time. The voice calls are just, just one aspect. Sure. The, uh, but I don't want you don't do very often. I don't want. Yeah, you're right. I don't do it very often. Uh, I want to carry that as my wallet. I want you know my driver's license to be in there. I want all this stuff to be in there. It'll be more secure. And chip and pins, just like I said, chip and signature is just nonsense. Why is chip and pin any better? Because it's actually validated with the pin. And now you know, the pin gets now depends on the back end security, I guess, right? Because so it's a four digit pin. Is it? Does it have to be? And I guess it doesn't have to be, but it usually is because it's a easy amount of number to remember. Yes, but no one's gonna be brute forcing at a cash register four digit pin. No, but they're relatively easy to figure out when somebody's entering in just by looking. I mean, if you want to get a pin, it's not hard. For the amount of attempts and that an attacker can try, it's I think four is good enough. Well, no, because if you were a hacker and you got somebody's credit card, you could easily put it into a little machine that would just run it through and see which ones are valid, right? Run it against what, though? Because uh, those attacks are going to be I'm sure, I'm sure hackers have a way to do it. We need to get rid of social security numbers. ASAP too. <laughs> what you do is is very easy actually. You you fi- you run it against some completely unsecure system that you found online. Somebody has a somebody had put up, set up a shopping cart where they didn't bother to put any checks, mm-hmm. and they let somebody do it a whole bunch of times. And it probably exists. Almost certainly exists. I'm sure it exists. Right. Right. No. No. You're right. You can do ten thousand attack, you know, mm-hmm. ten thousand attacks against it. You got the pin. You're not likely to do ten thousand. You're likely to hit it relatively early in that. 
Yeah. Uh, Hell, you could set one up, probably. <laughs> you probably could. Fucking credit cards. <laughs> I have one more thing on my list. All right. The game that I found on, or was told about online. Agar, A-G-A-R dot I-O. So agar, like the stuff that you use yep. to, to make things yeah. thick. Go ahead and load it up. It's a it's a game agar.io. It's a game where you're a cell and there's food and you get bigger. And then once you get big enough to eat people, go ahead and play click play as guest. And now eat the little pellets. Stay away from the big moving guys. Alright. Oh, yep. you just got eight. Yeah. But you know, the bigger person wins when you eat and but the bigger person also goes slower and once you're big enough you can split and kind of like shoot out part of yourself i've had a lot of fun with this game it's interesting because there's like no chat or anything so you can't trash talk or yeah it reminds me of there's a game on the playstation called journey okay where you uh you don't see the edges where you start to play so you could have ate that little guy that was right that flew past you, but he's way gone. You start to play, and um, you you're 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 joined by somebody, but you don't know mm-hmm. who that is, and you can't talk to them. But it's somebody else who's playing the game too, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just oh, that's. Uh, that's just somebody who's playing along with you, yeah. and, and you sort of and 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 you play together, and you get that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they have skins for certain names, like so. Doggy gets the dog face. Any country uh, you'll see, oh, eaten, and kind of get a little ranking there, your score and how yeah. you grew and whatnot. Uh, my my best was I had um, forty minutes on the leaderboard. And I was number one for like 15 of those minutes. Thing is, the rooms close after a certain period of time. Uh, Only once I got so big and lasted, the room closed. So there's no more little guys to eat. So there's a bunch of big guys trying to fight it out. Uh-huh. And um, once you get bigger than... There's those green dots that don't move. Did you see those? They're, I think they're called viruses. And if you're smaller than the virus, you can kind of pass through it and use it as a safe haven. Yeah, I saw you. They have like a spiky thing. And if you're bigger, it'll blow you into like a dozen oh. or tiny pieces and um so there's another neat thing about agar go to um agar io play.org so agar io play.org i think that's the name so it's the kind of skinning the game this game has chat mm-hmm. it gives you a map of where you are in the board so you don't get stuck in a corner and other stuff. It's it's, and there's other sites like this. I think, where um, hmm. yeah, you can pick your region there, and whatnot. So it's uh, so you see the chat in the bottom left there, and you kind of got a grid in the bottom right. <laughs> You're changing colors. How'd you do that? It's the rainbow version. Oh, okay. So I can go into here and be fine. Until you're bigger than that thing. Until I'm bigger than that thing. Interesting. 
So this is really where I want to feed. And then you, when you're really big, you can actually eat those things, and they give you... The, the, I haven't figured out the gameplay yet. You kind of split, and you use one of your sides to hit that thing, and then you can, like, it makes more mass, and you can eat all the the little pieces that come off of it or something. It's Interesting, interesting. This is just, right now, it's right. It's like, oh, look at all this food that's here. Mm-hmm. Yummy, yummy. You wait till you start eating people. It'll really get you hooked on the game, and you start dominating and if you get in the leaderboard, it's like, the thing is, okay, so like now. Just, I'm on number eight right now. Just to, really, you're on a really small board then. Yeah. Okay, so hit the space bar and you'll see how you kind of split. So you can use that to jump out to grab somebody. You'll join back in in probably about 30 seconds or so. So now you're kind of like at a disadvantage for 30 seconds because you're smaller. Mm-hmm. And someone who's like smaller than you are when you're combined uh, can eat you. And then you'll combine back in in about 30 seconds. But that's how when you get bigger and you're slower than smaller guys, how you can jump out and eat people. I see. Very interesting. And then there's the W key, which kind of, you can kind of spit out little pieces of mass. You can use it either as a kind of a, a lure. Okay, you're about ready to join. So if you like, just to kind of stop like moving, there you go, you're back together. So like if you hit W, go ahead and hit W, you throw out a little piece of mass. You kind of ate it right back away. I don't yeah, know if you saw it fly out. I did. Yeah. So you can use that to feed other people, or you can use it as a Suki lure. Suki and I don't look. We're like, hmm. <laughs> All right, let's see. Yeah. Let's if you're, see. If you're about, you have to be like a certain percentage yeah. bigger than the other person. If you're within like say five or ten percent, no one will get eaten. This is agar.io. Or agarioplay.org if you want the chat and the trash talking and and whatnot. Okay. <laughs> there's I'm, like no one on your on this field. Like, there's someone. Go get him. Go get him. Hit this. Aim towards him and hit the space bar. Oh, you missed him. Try to come back towards him before he goes away. Ah, uh, he's gone. Anyway, that's enough. <laughs> That's the game. I've had. I've been having fun I'm with this. I'm gonna game. get you. I'm gonna get you. Uh, oh, you almost got him. You almost got him. Go, go, go! He's gonna hide behind the virus. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a he, horse race now. Well, he's a little bit faster than you, right? Yeah. So, I mean, your only hope. But is I've got that two of me. It, like, if you can stick, if like, if you can overlap him, and then just wait for yourself to combine, then you'll get him back. But he was already ahead of you. You aren't going to get on top of him. You're about ready to go ahead and run into the virus once you get combined and watch how you blow up. Okay, so it, yeah, if you could stay on top of him while you combined, you would have grabbed him up right away. You're probably too small to shoot at him and get him. Yeah, you're, I don't think yeah. you're big enough. Uh, uh, oh, you got oh, him. There you yeah. go. You ate someone. <laughs> Winning. Uh. Tiger blood, motherfucker! <laughs> Run into a virus and see, just to see what happens. Well, I'm gonna, let's wait till oh, I get a little okay. till I combine my uh, self cell larger. It's kind of hard with all the viruses being rainbow because typically they're all green. Yeah, and you think that you, like you could probably be a no name uh, cell and just kind of stand still and like. Be like an anglerfish and just like grab people. All right, now let's see if I can go to one of these viruses. Yeah, it's going to blow you out. Yeah. 
and now it's like typically a feeding feeding frenzy for the uh, smaller fish. Mm-hmm. But since there's no one on this board, you're kind of all by yourself. Interesting. And they'll they'll come back together like in thirty seconds mm-hmm. or so. Cool. So it's a fun game. Yeah, it's a fun little. Uh... It, it, there's there's a certain like um, there's a certain valley. Like it's hard to get from medium small to medium big. Mm-hmm. You know, especially on a full board. But once you get in the leaderboard, you know you can do okay. But then if you get like two big guys like ganging up on you, like you're kind of screwed. So it's like business. Yeah. <laughs> Craig is playing Cell 504 right now. I'm going to stop this because, yeah, well, I'll just... There's, like, no one on that board. Yeah. All right. Um, who it. would know that I would enjoy baseball the most when I didn't have a rooting interest? Oh, yeah? I was watching the Pirates game, uh, and I found it just fascinating because all that time I spent watching you know Yankees just watching I was able to now see what was going on and understand the game from a very from a purely like distant perspective mm-hmm. and see okay really what we're talking about is a seesaw and you're talking about sort of these moments where uh a team has leverage and it's starting to bend and and, and you're start you're, you're seeing these things happen you're seeing these mm-hmm. situations where okay it this is a chance for for real change and it's going to and you're not sure which way it's going to go uh and then you see it then immediately right, <laughs> change right. sure. based on what happens uh it and, and it's sort of fascinating just to sort of watch uh, watch the game as this happens, and to understand the game at the level where, where where that I do, where you see, you know, okay, that's a good pitch, and you sort of see like that's you understand. Like I I was starting, to, I started to watch the, the 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 Pirates game, and I was like, I totally saw that the Pirates pitcher uh, was overthrowing. Uh, he was going. He, he got out there just too excited, and was just throwing mm-hmm. stuff really really hard. And he was missing his target. He was out, he was out of the strike zone, uh, and he calmed down later. But he never come. But he never got to the point where he was cruising like the other guy was. And the thing right. about the other guy was the the, the 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 Cubs pitcher was that there were. I mean, he wasn't perfect. He was good, but there were chinks in his armor that they could have they could have right. found a way to get through, but they always failed for for whatever reason. Um, at one point, they had the bases loaded and one out, uh, and they hit into a double play. Uh, I was with Nick at the time, and Nick was like, oh, what are the chances that would happen? I said, actually, the chances are pretty damn good that happens. That's actually the, the probably the most likely outcome of bases loaded and one out is hitting into a double play. Um, but that's baseball. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing right. is that is really baseball, that is sort of pure baseball that isn't there in every other sport is the sort of situation where there's a guy at first and one of the pirates then hit a ball like he scorched it hit it really hard right at the third baseman and so it was like i mean he it would have been successful mm-hmm. but the guy was right there it's sort of that, that those situations where um oh this is good but just sort of stops right there. Right, right. He was able that's, to catch it. And that, turn that's it. very baseball. That's kind of the thing that you only get in baseball. That's sort of like, oh, <laughs> there, there's an impedance that you did not expect to be there at all. Right. Uh, what was the play? I only saw it on a highlight where the uh, second baseman kind of 
threw the ball to the first baseman, but it like went into the stands. Did you see that one? I'm not Pirates. sure. I remember that one. I don't know. I, I'm not even positive it was the Cubs game. But it was like I was I was at Penbury on Friday at lunch, and they had ESPN on TV, mm-hmm. and they showed the second baseman kind of threw it and it just like misfired up. That can happen, right? I mean, those are always things that can happen. Uh, that's why you you know you you measure errors and stuff like that. But one thing that that was that really pissed me off was okay, I was watching this game, I was really into it, and then all of a sudden there was in the seventh, I think there was this bench clearing brawl. And it just brought me out of it because it was like, I was really enjoying this, and all of a sudden, this bush league shit happens, where it's like, and, it, and this guy in the pirates right. is punching a water cooler. Yeah, so it's like uh, he ran into the Cubs dugout, started punching. No, water no, cooler. He was, he's punching his own water cooler. <laughs> oh no, even even punch- less effective <laughs> solution. Like, like, I mean, punching water cooler is not going to help you hit balls any better. Uh, so I don't see the point, but. Should have been punching the Cubs water yeah. cooler. But he's not even yeah, he's not even punching the Cubs water cooler, he's punching his own water cooler. Uh he got he got ejected for that, I believe. Um but everybody in, in the in the bar was watching went, Oh yeah, this is awesome. And I was like, This is and that was the point where I got angry. Because that was the point where I was really into the game and all of a sudden this bullshit happens. Mm-hmm. And it's like it, it pulls me completely out of the game. And I, what, I, what caused it? Uh, they hit the. Um, there, there were a lot of. Uh, I think there were like four hit pitches, hit hit by pitch in the game. But uh, there was some. It was the pitcher who was hit. The pitcher was doing really well. Who was hit by a ball mm-hmm. below the waist? Like I mean, and and it was clear that it was not intentional. From my perspective, right, right. watch. I've been watching these games for years. I sort of know what a potential looks like and what a non-potential looks like. You, you could see as soon as it was released, it was it was a little bit off, and and, he, and the pitcher was like, "Oh God, I got, I got away from me." Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was some suggestion because I mean, this was the pitcher he was doing. He, I, I, I think he pitched a complete game. He may have not, but he was really well. He pitched a great game. Uh, there was some, I guess, some back and forth talk that may, oh, you threw at me because I'm because I'm beating you. Uh, and that escalated, but when it was happening, I I was just like disgusted by it, and I was kind of really disappointed that uh, that everybody in the bar was cheering about it because I guess that's what excites them. Uh, but that was uh, I tweeted that that's some real bush league shit, and other people, a, a few other people, retweeted me. Uh, so I wasn't the only one who thought that. Okay, so that makes a tweet that I so that makes a tweet that I saw make much more sense, right? Because I didn't know that Rodriguez had punched a cooler. Uh-huh. I still want to see video of this, but uh, I saw a tweet because Rodriguez said um, he, he did some Bible verse, and, right? And then he yeah, yeah, for all that have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all that are justified freely by His grace through the redemption. That came by Christ Jesus. I want to apologize for allowing my emotion to control my actions in a negative manner. I spoke to the cooler, apologized personally, and he's forgiven me as Christ forgives all. Yeah. All right. I I get it. You're in a heightened. I mean, like I'm I'm willing to let it like like not to, to not hate on the dude for for getting emotional once. Uh, it still was bush league shit, but like. I can accept somebody asking for like, hey, look, I did the wrong thing. And be like, yeah, all right. I get it. 
it happens to everybody. Nobody's perfect. So I'm willing to forgive Rodriguez. I need to see this guy punching a cooler. <laughs> like I can't, I can't fathom why he would punch a cooler. Uh, he was mad at the, he was mad yes. at everything, and the cooler was the closest thing that he could punch that would not <clears throat> that would not react to him punching it. <laughs> the closest inanimate object, or at least the one that would react the least. Right. right. Come on, Fox Sports, love this video. Um. Hey, let's talk about guns. Guns, I like guns. Why? Well, we talked about this before. My opinion. I know, changed. but I want to hear you. I want to hear you say it again. It's the same. It's uh, part of my heritage. Uh-huh. It's uh, recreation. Sure. I'm not prepared to argue about assholes using them to kill people. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not prepared. So, how do you feel about gun control? I'm not the NRA. I don't think we need uh, 18-round magazines and stuff like that. Um, what do you that, think that's of my personal opinion? Uh, what do you think of the idea that oh, you can get around? Well, the this background. video didn't even have him punching the cooler. What do you think of, of the idea that oh, uh, background checks are there, but you can get around background checks just by going to a convention? Uh, I think background checks are a pain in the ass. When I bought my handgun, I had to spend like three hours at at Field and Stream waiting for the background check. Um, How horrible for you! Well, if they gave me a way to like pre clear myself online i would have preferred that over standing in a sure. crowded I, department I, store for three hours i could definitely see how that could be something that if they actually put effort into making these background checks work for people as opposed to uh, as opposed to fighting background checks every single step of well, the way like pro forma is what background checks are but i mean think about it this way if if background checks were accepted, then they would put effort into making it a pretty seamless process. Right now, they're fighting background checks every single step of the way. NRA's fucked up. I'm not going to argue that. Uh, the NRA says that the only way to stop a good, a, a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. That seems to me to be the absolute worst situation, is introducing more anarchy and firearms into a situation with well, bad guy with a firearm. you gotta define a good guy with a gun, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, that, that's another if thing, you right? Could, if you could actually ensure that every good guy with a gun is exemplary, then yes, the answer is true. But in practice, that is fallible. Uh, I read some posts, I'm not gonna claim it for myself because it was a great line, but I read some posts where, you know, just imagine the the picture here. Okay, imagine that, that one of these horrible situations is happening where somebody pulls out a gun in a school, or uh, it seems like a school is the situation where it seems to happen most often, which is horrible uh, in its own way. But, so somebody pulls out uh, uh, some, some horrible person pulls out a gun, some good guy pulls out a gun that he had. Mm-hmm. And he's fighting the guy with the bad, the bad guy with the gun. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a situation that gets prolonged. How are the people who are coming in, the law enforcement officers, going to see which guy is the good guy with the gun? Is he going to have a blue, lawful good aura that you're going to be able to see? Absolutely. Yeah. What 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 the fuck is the deal? 
that makes no sense. Um, pulling out a gun is actually gets you in more trouble than not. Um, we saw that there was recently a situation where somebody there's a I think it was Virginia or something where some there was a open carry state or something or concealed carry where somebody shot at a shoplifter so and got, just caused he, he more got in trouble for punching the yeah well I think he was already he was already kicked out he was already oh, thrown out at that point and so he was just okay. venting his frustration that's gotta hurt his knuckles he said well this is you know he's got all all uh, of the off season to, to rest up I guess but yeah I mean Introducing guns is a bad thing. Always. Like, that's what you want to avoid. And I understand guns is a sporting thing. I understand guns is a hunting thing. But the last thing you want to do is introduce guns into... Well, guns is a productive thing against a gun-toting evildoer. That's really risky. And yes, the the uh, company line coming from the NRA is more guns. Let's get the good people out there with the yeah. guns. That they don't realize that life is unpredictable and everything. So, and as Obama said, there's a gun out there for every man, woman, and child on in America. Do we need more? I hear you. I mean, so the only part I'm hesitant on is, and I, I don't know how much stock I put into this, how much I will back this, but, you know, there's the argument of to keep government from becoming uh, totalitarianism. You know where it's going, right? Sure. You got to arm the citizenry. But if the government wanted to take over today, they probably could. It's already too late. Regardless of how many guns somebody has. Right. There are many other ways to get at you than guns. Uh, I think that the spirit of the Second Amendment is not about firearms. The spirit of the Second Amendment is about protection from tyranny in the ways that you can protect yourself from tyranny. At that time, it was firearms. That's an interesting point. This is not the case anymore. <laughs> Firearms are... So the right to bear arms could be uh, information, right? Pen is mightier than the sword. The type. right to have encryption. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the right to have locks that the government doesn't have a key for. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. That's a good That's point. the advancement against tyranny. Not... Gun, not firepower. There is the kind of gun control that would reasonably be enacted keep the bad guys from getting guns? Would it? Yes. Not all of them. But it, the but lazy it would, ones. The lazy ones. The lazy ones, which are the ones you're worried about. Yeah, Maybe. This guy was lazy. These guys who do these school shootings, they're lazy. Mm-hmm. The guys who run criminal cartels and shit, yeah, they're not lazy. They're going to find their way to get guns. 
those aren't the guys who shoot up schools. They would never do that. There's oh, no point. There's no profit. In I have it. a hard time seeing the black market drying up. I oh, see. I don't think the, the black market well, will dry up. Absolutely not. But even the lazies can go down on the street and find a gun in certain... But you're not going to get... This guy got 13 guns legally. That's going to be hard to do in a year and a half as opposed to like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And maybe in 20 years, the guy's not going to be wanting to shoot up a school anymore. You hope. Yeah. If he didn't have guns, he'd find some other way to be an asshole. Yeah, but would he have a would he have a way to kill so many people all at once? How many people were killed in Oregon? Uh, I'm not sure the number, but I don't it, think was, it was very many, though. I mean, one is too many. I understand. I'm not saying, I, but I'm saying if he no, wanted no, to no. kill, well, yeah, I get it. If somebody could go with a knife and kill people, sure, sure. But that's a <laughs> you don't hear about knife. Killings, you hear about people. Well, they're not as scary. They're not as massacry, but they're still just as dead. Dude, this is the how much? This is the how many if gun shooting of the year? Oh, it's too many. I I'm not saying it's not too many. I'm saying, let's see. Oh, nine people. That's a pretty good massacre. Um. <laughs> Interesting way to put it. What's that? Interesting way to put it. Well, you know, true. Got, but, got to be yeah. a little. Uh, got to be a little uh, incendiary mm-hmm. here. Um, I understand. I'm not uh, faulting you for. We, your, we talked before yeah. about how, like, the Valentine's Day massacre sounds like dozens mm-hmm. or hundreds of people, and it was like 17 people or something. Like, I, I remember the time of my life where I'm like, oh, massacres are that small. They seem much bigger. They seem more like. Uh, uh, it seems like a word that that should be devoted to like hundreds, yeah, dozens, or at least you know fifty. Uh, so nine people, yeah. I mean, it'd be you could kill nine people with a bomb. You could knife pretty hard, but I don't think he would go to knife. I think he would go to some other kind of explosive projectile. Sure, sure. You could you could probably easily do it with a bomb. You put it in the right place. Absolutely. A place like a school? Yes. It's mm-hmm. pretty easy, actually. As sure. long as you can make the bomb. Sure. And I've never tried to make a bomb, but... Uh, how many uh, how many bombings have we had in the U.S. recently? I don't know. I don't have that info. How many that have uh, killed people? I, I th- You don't think that bombings will go up if guns were harder to get? I think they might. I think uh, that tracking the material that goes into bombs would be oh. easier because it's not a constitutional right that people are going to be complaining about. Uh, I have the right to fertilize my crops. Right. I'd be like, it's such a big market for that kind of material, though. It, you just skim some off the top. I mean, if you were very clever. You could, but I don't think these people who are doing these mass things are very clever people. Mm. These are you're you're talking about criminal smart people. The people who do these gun shootings are not smart people. They no. are people who are looking for uh Right. Okay, so these are dumb shits who use guns because guns are the easiest thing to use. Yes. <sighs> and they're easy to get. That's an interesting way to frame it. 
I hear what you're saying. It's the easiest way to wreak havoc. Mm -hmm. These people probably don't have the facilities to wreak havoc any other way. I'm conflicted, you know, because it's part of my heritage. Sure. I understand. It's it's not it's not easy to 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 consider the something that that is goes against how you believe things should be. But I think when the preponderance of evidence is is but pushing one way, sure, sure. But I mean, you know, just just to point out, you know, I don't want a gun with a high capacity magazine. Sure, I would like a highly accurate long range rifle to shoot for sport. So I would like a quote unquote sniper rifle, Mm -hmm. which is just as bad as someone with a moderate level of skill, you know? Um, Yeah. I don't don't need a 18 round magazine in my handgun. I don't need a newsy. I don't need a machine gun. Do you need 20 handguns? It's it's um when you're into shooting sports shooting, it, it's kind of it's a hobby thing. It's just like our beers. It's, All right, would you be okay with registering? Hey hey guys, I'm buying handguns, but it's just it's what I do. Well, that's how most other than like this gun show nonsense. That's how stuff is. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the gun shows. I'm not being the NRA non you know right, crazy yeah, thing. Yeah, I understand. I think you know. You want to ban gun shows? I'm not going to argue about banning gun shows. I don't even consider going to a gun show to buy a gun. The only time I would want to go to a gun show to buy a gun if I was looking for a certain piece, a collector's right, item, yeah. right? That's the place you want to go to a show. Mm-hmm. And if they're complaining that you can't do proper checks and still maintain the show, I disagree with that. I'm with you. But you know, I think shows have their place. You know, if I want, sure, if I want a chrome-plated, you know, mother of pearl, you know, Colt nineteen eleven for my collection, I think I should be able to get one. Sure, I and, agree. And it's going to be like six thousand dollars for that gun. Sure, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that you should just be able to purchase guns. You know, by the truckload, or not, I mean, I'm, I'm being just ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm being extravagant here, but I mean, I'm joking, but I'm yeah. not because, like, in the in like the gun trading magazines and the gun magazines, like you can buy like containers. Oh, sure, like you, shipping containers of ammunition. You can buy everything except for the receiver, right? That's wow. the you can buy the barrel. You can but buy I'm all saying, the other say, stuff. say you have, say you have, um, say you have an AR-15 or something like that. Yeah. Like, or one of these sniper rifles or something. I, I remember back in the day, remember Ken at Nauticom? Sure. He showed me like ads in his magazines where you could buy like a container, a container, shipping container of ammunition. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a tractor trailer's load full yeah of I, I mean i don't know yeah, like one of those like an actual steel shipping container yes yeah <laughs> um it's a lot of money uh oh yes it was yeah. it was many thousands of dollars yeah. uh 
the problem is that somebody can can build a massacre on a couple hundred dollars uh, and change, and uh, without any notice from anybody or anybody even caring. And like I said, the problem is not the smart person who's going to plan out everything. The problem is the idiots. I can accept that point. I can accept that uh, raising the bar to keep the idiots, to keep, you know, keep the idiots from massacring people, but still allow the patriots from protecting the Constitution. I think there's a place in between, right? Sure. I mean, I'm not even saying I buy the Patriots protected constitution, but even if you wanted to maintain that, mm-hmm. I think there's a middle ground. I think there is too. Absolutely. I, I think that the, the point that everybody's missing is, is that this is not, nobody, nobody really expects to stop guns immediately. I mean, okay, there are some people, some ridiculous people who think that, but nobody expects to stop that. That this is that there's going to be some method you can do to just stop it. Like nobody's going to ban guns. There are people who want to, but nobody's going to. Uh, but what you want to do is you want to slow, is you want to change this aspect uh, with as much quickness as you can, which is probably relatively slowly. But so these things become a less a, an occurrence that happens much less often. I wonder who founded the statement, you know, the right to bear arms should not be abridged. And the right of the people right of the to people. keep and bear arms. That's the important part right. to me. That is the part to me that, that says... Who penned that? Do we know? I mean... I don't know who, who, penned, uh, who penned that particular amendment. But the fact that it says the right of the people and what the people means in terms of the Constitution is very specific. It means everybody. Right. Um... <laughs> the uh, problem is saying not be abridged means there's no restrictions whatsoever. Right. That's yeah, the problem is is that it's constitutional. The problem is that they're that the people who say it's in the constitution are right. Mm-hmm. Uh and you need to do a change the constitution. Like I said, I feel that the the purpose has long been superseded. Uh and and the purpose of that amendment was protection against totalitarianism, which is not a question of firepower anymore. Um, but it's the language is still there, so you have to deal with that. Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Mr. Poopy Butthole. Ooh wee! Remember me from episode two? <laughs> Remember when Beth shot me? Ooh wee! I'm still recovering from that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you want to wrap this up? Yeah, I think we've got. I, I think that was a good way to, to sort of end on the on the serious but um, interesting conversation. Bye bye. See you next week.